You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is a parsha of the Benos Tzalavchad. The Benos Tzalavchad, who were able, through their questions, and to ask Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe Rabbeinu gave over to them the klolim that Kaddish Baruch Hu told them about how Yerusha works. The special halacha for them, of course, you can see up here on the screen, Ishki Yomus Ben Enlo. If there are no sons, like Tzlovchad had no sons, then that nachla goes to his daughter's daughter or daughters. That is the, one of the key halachos in Parshas Pinchas. The following is a question that was asked Rebel Yoshev. The story went like this, and I might have shared this story with you in other venues, but I think it's worthwhile hearing it. Let's assume, I don't know if they were Israelis, I think they might have been American boys, and they took a summer road trip. And Bederich, they decided to stop on some spot off the beaten path. They stopped to rest for a while. And where was that? It happened to be in the driveway, in the yard, that was the entranceway to a non-Jewish cemetery. So they were sitting there, perhaps eating their lunch. And what happened? The guard came over and said, what are you guys doing here? Well, you know, a guard comes over, asks you what you're doing there. So what was their answer? The answer was, they looked around and they said, well, uh, we're here for the funeral. They saw there was a funeral that was about to take place. So the guard said, you're here for that funeral? I got to take your names. Okay, let me take your names. Let me see your driver's license. I want to see your addresses. But what could they do? They gave it to them. And once they'd done that, they had to fulfill their words so they stood by the gravesite, by this probably Christian ceremony, at the funeral. A month passes. They get a, uh, a letter from the county court of whatever place they were in, in Iowa, wherever it was. And the county court said that you are, both of you, both of them got the same letter that they are uh, summoned to come to that county in order to get each one of them $100,000. Why? Because the man who had died had no relatives, he said. And he stated in his will that anyone who comes to the funeral, he's going to divide his fortune between them. And based on the amount of people that came to the funeral, which there probably, I don't know how many there were, and each person had their name officially registered, they were now the recipient of $100,000. Wow. Well, the two fellows did a little bit of research. And they found out that this man, not sure how, was a Jew. In fact, what they found out about him, that he was a Holocaust survivor. And unlike other Holocaust survivors that strengthened themselves and were able to see the miracles around them and push on and accept Judaism in some way, he decided he's not going to be a Jew anymore. 
and he went to Iowa, wherever it was, he lived like a Christian. However, he's a man who is a Jew. And as a Jew, he has people that can inherit him. We don't know who they are. We don't, in fact, there would be a tremendous amount of research need to be done to find out his exact name, where he was from, if he still has relatives that are still alive. The question came in front of Rebel Yashiv's son-in-law, Rabbi Yitzhak Zilberstein. How the question came to him, I'm not sure. Maybe these were, they had relatives in Cholon, where Zilberstein is the Rosh is the Rosh Yeshiva. So, Rav Zilberstein said, seems to me that you can't keep the money, because that's not a tzavo. You have no right to say, uh, uh, I'm just giving it to anyone who shows up to my funeral. A tzavo like that doesn't mean anything. That's not a Torah tzavo. True, the American court justified it, but it's not a real tzavah. And therefore, they have no right to take the money. Then he was thinking, but what are the chances of where this money is going to go? Who's going to do the research to go find the relatives? Maybe this is considered like money that's avuda mikol adam. There are relatives, but they've given up. It's almost like we say zuto shoyom. When you have a, uh, a huge river that goes over its banks and is able to sweep away people's possessions and the person watching it doesn't think it's ever going to come back. So we say that's considered a yeyush. Maybe here too. The man has relatives. Maybe they're still alive. There's someone has relatives. But do they know about him? And even if they do, maybe they've given up. So this was Rabbi Silberstein's question. So, like many of the questions from Silberstein had, he went to Rebel Yashiv's Zatzal for clarification. And this was Rebel Yashiv's answer. Rebel Yashiv said, right away, he says, this is a machlekes between the Chsam Sefer and the Maram, Milublin. Mayor of Lublin, 16th century, Chsam Sefer, late 18th, first part of the 19th century. A machlekes. He said also, there's a tshuva from Rabbi Yaakov Emden, 18th century. Now, the questions that came up originally was, Rabbi Yashiv told his son-in-law, let's take a look, in Misharethet Yehudiyah, Shenelma, there was a, um, a, a woman servant who disappeared. The Maram's Psak, Rabbi Yashem said, is correct. I know Rabbi Yaakov Emden disagreed. I know the Chsam Sefer, who came after Yaakov Emden, quoted him and agreed with Rabbi Yaakov Emden. But I believe, says Rabbi Yoshev, I believe, says Rabbi Yoshev, that they are saying a Dover Mishunet. That it's in the it's in the books, but it's strange. I don't know what they mean. I don't know what Yaakov Emden means. I can read it. I can tell it to you. The 16th century, this the the 17th century basic, the Marami Lublin, so they. 
the Maram is correct. To take the money would be Gzela. They cannot take this money either. What was the background of the Maram Mibublin and the Chsam Sefer? So, we are provided here with this, with the footnotes here, which I will read to you. And you can see why <laughs> Rabbi Yoshev did not like the Chsam Sefer or the Maram Mibublin, the, the, the Rabbi Yaakov the story of the Chsam Sefer, as you can see up here on the screen, is with the maid. Young girl. She, we didn't, they didn't know who she was. She didn't tell her name exactly, but they knew she was Jewish. And she rented herself out to become a maid by someone. And somehow, although she clearly needed the money, she had gold earrings with her. And she gave the gold earrings to the master of the house. One day, they woke up. The girl was gone. She didn't come back. They didn't know where she was. They didn't know who her name was. They didn't know where her family was. The man turned to the Chsam Sefer and said, what should I do? She left these golden earrings. I don't know who it's from. In fact, maybe the fact that she didn't come back for her, maybe she died. Some sefer quoted the Truvis Maram, Mibublin. Maram Mibublin was talking about, it was sort of a similar case. A person shows up at a, as a guest at someone's house. And once again, he stays for a while. Doesn't say who he's from. Doesn't say his family. And he dies there. Maram Mibublin said, you can't figure out who he is. You're not sure where he's from. He doesn't have papers on him. This is what we're going to do. The Bezdin holds the money. Sometime we're going to find out. You can't keep the money that he has on him. That is what the Maram said. Some Sefer knew about this Maram. And he said, I don't think his proofs are proofs. And in fact, this is when he quotes from Yaakov Emden. And the reason is, What's going to happen? What's going to happen to the girl who disappeared and they think she's dead? What's going to happen in the Maram's case of the, 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 the person who stayed over in the house? Do you think the, 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 the heirs are really going to come? And are they going to be able to prove who they are? We couldn't, we didn't know who he was when he was alive. Therefore, he thinks this is like money that nobody knows about. In fact, maybe this is what Rebbe Yoshev did not like. Some Sefer says, you, it's Minashamayim, perhaps, that this money is yours. Who's going to take it from you? That is as far Rebbe Yoshev says, I don't understand what some Sefer means. How can you say it's Minashamayim? The man definitely hasn't, as people, you don't know now, but we should try to figure it out. However, he said, if you want to do something good, you think the girl died? Take some of the money and do something for her. Buy, a, buy some farm for the show, buy candles for the Bismedrish. Let it be Le'ili Nishmos. That is what some Sefer says. Um, the, uh, 
as you can see, Rebbe Yoshev um, disagreed. And there was another question that came to Rebbe Yoshev, a very similar question, about a widow who had no children. And her, her relatives were similar to the, our man in the case of Rav Zilberstein. They were left over in Europe in the Holocaust. Nobody knows who they are. This woman wrote in her will, I leave my money to Yankel. You're not sure if that's a, a kosher will? Did she do it before she died or after? Again, remember, in order for a will to work, it has to be mechayim. It has to be that the money is given while she's alive. But if she says, after my death, the money should go to Yankel, that's not a will according to the Torah. That's going against the Torah. So, Rabbi Yoshev says, it looks like you you can't get your hands on the will exactly what it was this woman said. Now, what I'll say here is like this. Considering that the all her relatives seem to have been in Europe, and you don't know of any others, I agree you can keep the money, you can take the money from the will. However, you need to decide what to do with it. It's not simple to me, Rebbe Yoshim said. You might just have to hold on to it and wait till more evidence comes. In fact, Rebbe Yoshim said the best thing to do in this case is to take the money, perhaps, but write on, put in a notebook, whatever it was you got. If it turns out that the Yarshim show up, then you need to be ready. If it turns out that the money was given only after the death, that means you had no right to keep it as a Yoresh or as a Makabel, then you need to return the money back to them. However, if you invested that money, you can keep the dividends of that investment. So that was Rebel Yoshev. Rabbi Yoshev did not believe it's a matanah min hashamayim. You need to do your research. And that is something about Hilchas Yerusha. I'm going to share with you another psaq from Rabbi Yoshev in Hilchas Yerusha, which is a very interesting question that was asked Rabbi Yoshev. And the person who asked him this question was Rabbi Aaron Schiff, who was the, uh, I'm not sure if he's still in that position, but he is an Av Bezdin in Antwerp, of Aaron Schiff. So this was the question he asked Rebbe Yoshev. Someone died, I guess, in Antwerp, and he left a huge inheritance to his son. Antwerp is in Belgium. As the, the son was taking over the will, taking the money not for, based on the will, based on the Arusha, Someone shows up from Germany and said, I'm also this man's son. Let's say it was Fritz and Hans. And the person that died was Edgar. So Edgar died. Fritz said he's going to keep all the money. All of a sudden, Hans shows up. 
And Han says, I am also Edgar's son. And Hans takes Fritz to the secular court in, in, in Belgium, claiming that he is the child. The secular court said the following. Hans and Fritz. Hans, we are going to, if you can prove through DNA that you are the son, if the DNA shows that you are the son of Edgar, then you will be entitled to a share of the inheritance. So they, Rav, Rav uh, Schiff found out about this question because it was there were Jewish people involved. And he asked Rav Yoshev, what should it be? Can the DNA show that, uh, that he really is a brother? Rav Yoshev said, and I'm not sure how much we can take out of this in other cases. He says, Alpitoira, even if the DNA shows that he seems to have the same markers, that is not enough Alpitoira to allow Hans to take the money from Fritz. Rav Schiff was very surprised. Doesn't it show? Isn't science something? He says, Alpitoira, we don't know about Hans being a son. Fritz has already taken the money. Fritz is muxak in the money. And that but those th- days there was no those days there were no DNA. How could they uh No no this was by Yoshev. This was a, this was a new case, uh, Moshe. This is not the case. I know, but I'm say. saying in the time of the Gemara or whatever, it was no DNA. Oh, okay. So you're saying Rebel Yoshev is Paskaning because he doesn't understand he's still stuck in the Gemara world, in other words, where that's right. Uh, yeah, but but does it take away the chazaka? Rabbi Yoshev understood science. He he wasn't a scientist, but he knew, and he felt that DNA is not enough to take away from a muhsik. right? Um, but you're correct. That's why it's a chiddush. That's why it's a chiddush. Um, Rav Shiv said, "Look, they're going to go ahead with it anyway." <laughs> In other words, these are not. You know, I wanted to know, Rebel Yosha, what you felt, but there in Belgium, they're going to go ahead with this with this Dintora anyway. Okay. But could it be possible he's his son, but he's not even Jewish? Yes, because that's also possible, that, right? You know, your DNA shows up, but you're not even halachically able to get anything. Well, he would be he would be considered a non-Jewish child, right? And a non-Jewish child doesn't necessarily, right? And do you have to split the inheritance with a non, that's a good question. Uh, probably not, right? Um, and uh, I would think the father's brother would come before him. It doesn't, I, I don't know where they, if there was a brother. <laughs> uh, Rabbi? Rabbi? Yes. Go ahead, Dr. I Paul. have a more general question. Yeah, with not Salafchad, if they didn't come forward, what would be the, what would happen to that man's property, to Salafchad's property, according to their way, without them coming forward? It would have, it would have, based on the Torah, would have gone to distant relatives that Salafchad had. Salafchad did have distant relatives. He had a father Uh that was, a father or an uncle. You, you, there's a, there's uh, there was somebody else. Okay, okay, I wasn't sure. Yes. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, now, 
Rav Shif then asked Rav Yoshev, they're going to open, in order to match the DNA, they're going to open the, the, the they're going to open up the grave and get some remains from Edgar. They're going to take maybe a hair out of his head, and that'll be enough for them to uh, check the DNA. The question was, Edgar, uh, uh, Fritz at this point can stop them. Fritz at this point can say, I don't want you opening up the grave. But if he doesn't open up the grave, there's going to be a lot of lawsuits. He's going to lose a lot of money. And it's possible. It's possible that if Fritz doesn't uh, agree, it's possible that Hans might be able to win. He might be able to win part of the money or cause him to have to pay him. But Fritz was the Rabbi. one. Who... Yes. Rabbi. Go ahead. Right, well, but that's the way they wanted to prove it. With the, um, so, Rav Yoshev asked Rav Shif, he said, was this Edgar? Was this Edgar a religious man? So Rav Shif says he was. So he said, if he was a religious man, he would not want his body disturbed. That's Bizoyer Amet. And therefore, yeah. the Niftar doesn't, you, you, even though he's not alive, but this is a type of Bizoyon that he doesn't have to allow himself to become part of. Even though this means this will help his son. Because otherwise the son is going to lose. They, the lawyer might tell, oh, you don't want to open it up? It must be, he, then he's going, to, he's going to take the money. The, the father doesn't have to lose. The father who died doesn't have to have his body. So therefore, even though the secular court is going to take money away from Fritz and give it to Hans, he has no right to be Mavazi, his father, in order to save himself that money. That's what, that was Rebel Yoshim's psak. What they actually did in that case, I can't tell you for sure. But that is some unusual cases of, of Yerusha. And let's see. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.